You are listening to Welcome to the Other Side, and I'm your host, Meg Gluckman. This podcast is designed for moms after divorce. It's all about how you can move on from your divorce, how to co-parent without drama, and even how to start dating again when you're ready and have fun with it. I'll bring lots of tips and tricks and strategies for you to use every day. And I'll bring on some experts to share their wisdom on how you can create that juicy, rich, lush life post-divorce that you really want. You are not alone on your journey. There's so much we can share together. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Meg Gluckman. Happy to be here with you today and with a special guest. I've got Gabby Jockers on, who is coming in from Colorado to bring bring some fun conversation. I came across Gabby... You know, now I'm forgetting exactly how we cross paths, but I'm like addicted to her Instagram and I'm addicted to everything she posts because it's beautiful and inspiring. And I want to tell you a little bit about her before I open it up for our conversation. Gabby is a mindful boudoir photographer. Isn't everybody excited? An owner of Embodied Art Boudoir, a positive, a body positive boudoir studio in Golden, Colorado, just outside of Denver. She uses meditation and breathwork to help her clients get out of their heads and into their bodies. She is profoundly passionate about creating an experience for her clients that goes beyond just a sexy photo shoot. Oh, so good. And serves as a stepping stone to the next step of their self-love journey. She is also the co-creator of the Body Deck, which is a body image-focused affirmation card deck, which I am so lucky to have and I adore. And I'll probably, with Gabby's permission, share um, the cards that I pulled before our conversation today. But Gabby, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Meg. That was such a flattering intro. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here and to talk to your audience and to share whatever I can because body image healing, it, like we were talking about before we hit recording, it helps everybody. It, hits the per- it helps the person working on it. It helps their children. It helps their children. It's generational transformation that makes your family line that much stronger and more confident and more capable. Oh, so, so true. So let's start with like, how did you get into this? How did you decide to become a boudoir, a mindful boudoir photographer? You'll get a different answer every time I, every time you ask that question, that's the kind of person that I am. But long story short, um, after I did my yoga teacher training, uh, like seven, eight years ago, I'm not the best with dates. Um, (laughs) Whenever I finished my yoga teacher training, I realized this is not a practice I want to do for money. Like I don't, it, it became such an important spiritual practice for me and, and personal growth and development that I didn't see myself at that point, even though I went into it thinking, oh, this could be a good career opportunity. I left thinking, I don't want to exchange this for money. Um, (laughs) And so it just was a personal practice for a long time, but 
when I got into boudoir photography, which was thanks to a, a lovely friend who sees me who, for who I am. And you know, sometimes when you have those friends who see your qualities that you can't even see. Um, and she, for like a year, she was like, you should try boudoir photography. You'd be so good at it. La la la. And I tried it. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. <laughs> and then um, after just starting my boudoir photography studio, then my mission was, how do I make this unique? How do I make this special? How do I make this stand out? Because there are a lot of boudoir photographers out there. And I saw a lot of like <sighs> hypocrisy in the photography world of saying, we empower, we celebrate bodies, and then Photoshopping everything that could be considered a flaw by our current societal standards out, making people skinnier, making butts bigger, making hair more voluminous, removing cellulite stretch marks, um, wrinkles, um, all these kinds of things that are just part of our bodies. And any mom knows, <laughs> good luck being pregnant and leaving without a physical impact on your body. It's not going to happen. And that didn't really feel empowering to me uh, <laughs> to say, okay, here, you look sexy, but only after I change what you look like on the computer, then you look sexy. And there was that element of it. So the body positivity and the approach to the photographs and the process of and showcasing bodies of all shapes, sizes and colors and ages, uh, that was a really important part of it. And then I slowly started to bring the mindfulness and the yoga not so much yoga into the process as the mindfulness kind of stuff, because yoga is its own huge, deep, spiritual, philosophical, scientific, thousands-year-old study. But mindfulness, I feel, is has a lot of overlap with yoga. It's something that I practice, and it's something that we can use immediately to make an impact in our lives and how we feel and how we feel about ourselves and the world that we're in. So when I realized, wait a minute, I could lead a meditation before photo shoots and it would really relax people and help them get into their bodies and not the, you know, the out of your head and into your body, which you read in my bio, we spend so much time in our heads overthinking, worrying, get a camera up in front. What happens? I look silly. I look stupid. Do I, do, am I doing this right? Do I look ridiculous? We immediately engage in this stream of self-criticism that's all in the head. We're not actually experiencing the present moment. And I love using mindfulness and breath work through the session to, and meditation beforehand to help people, you know, let's get out of this thinking part and get into our bodies and feel what we're feeling and experience this moment and be here presently, be here for what we're experiencing. So as soon as I started tying all those things together, then it really involved embodied our boudoir. It really involved into what it is now. Wow. I love it. Tell me a little bit about the women that come to you and like, what are they, what are they looking for? What are they worried about? What are they, what are they hoping to get out of a shoe? Yeah. First of all, the women that come to me, like, like all women, born, like all humans born have an inherent self-worth, are worthy of being celebrated as beautiful, are incredible human beings and have, have gone through a lot, no matter what their age. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think any of us would be challenged to name a, a single person who hasn't gone through hardship. And our bodies reflect that. So the women who come to me look all different sorts of ways. They're anywhere from 23, 24 to 
Um, I think my client, I don't ask ages that much because I don't think it's that important, but based on our conversation and just clues and stuff, I think my client from a couple weeks ago was in her sixties. Uh, it, it's an experience that could be shared by anyone. And there are a few buckets of reasons why people come to me. Uh, some of them have to do with healing from past relationships or past trauma, um, being in relationships where they were told to be quiet, make themselves small, to change who they are to make the partner more comfortable or to conform and meet somebody else's standards. Um, there are women who come to me for the body image healing aspect specifically. Uh, so some come to connect to who they are, to better discover and express who they are without shame, because that's something that when you experience it, you bring it into your life. It follows you, it goes with you. Um, so there are the women who come specifically for the body image stuff. And I definitely think that where I stand on the body image spectrum, I don't think somebody who's in a, a uh, current mindset of body hate would get a ton of value from a boudoir session because I think it's really important. Uh, it's not a magic snap your fingers and suddenly you're going to love how you look. Uh, it's definitely, to me, it feels like a bit of a culmination or a, a celebration, a milestone point on your personal healing journey. So I wouldn't, I would recommend people work on some body neutrality and some body image healing work before they come in for a boudoir session. And for my clients who do, I actually do provide resources in my favorite books. And like, I have a lot of resources on my blog that can help with that because most of my clients book a few months out. So they have resources for me to work on that before their session. Um, other clients come in to celebrate birthdays and big milestones. 50 and 30 are the biggest that I have experienced personally. And a lot of 30-year-olds who went through their 20s of self-discovery and moving into their 30s want to set an intention for the coming decade of who they want to be and how they want to be. And so they use this as a celebration of who they are and an, an intention setting for self-acceptance and self-love, self-compassion, and being who they are without shame or judgment. And then when it comes to the 50 year old birthday, it's actually very similar. <laughs> celebrate. Let's celebrate. It's actually, yeah. It's very similar. <laughs> the reasons, <laughs> except on the 50 year old, most of those clients tend to be not all, but most of them tend to be moms. Some are grandmothers and some of them are feeling like I have spent the last decades taking care of others and I'm ready to take care of myself. And so their intention is a little bit more of that self-care than that self-expression. Though it's a mix. It's absolutely a mix. Those are some of the biggest buckets of the reasons why I see that people communicate and share with me for people to come in and choose to do a boudoir session with. Me. Oh, I love, I love all of those. I know. And there's a lot of overlap too. A lot of people yeah. have more than one reason. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, right? A couple things that come to mind for me when you were talking about the 50 year olds coming in, I think for so many of us as moms, we kind of put that sexual part of ourselves, that, that sexy, that hotness, that, that gorgeousness, we, we kind of shelve it for a little while. Right. And we're like, I'm a mom, you know, this decade, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, but I'm not really like super, sexual. I'm not super turned on. I'm not super, I don't know, sexy. And, 
you know, I'm a daughter, I'm an employee, right? But we kind of shelve that identity, that part of our identity. And then that idea of like choosing a time when we're like reconnecting with that part of us is so fun and like inviting that part to like come back out. Or maybe for some of us, like inviting it for the first time to really be present. That, That comes up a lot. There's a lot of One of my recent clients is a mom. She recently went through a divorce, um, splitting up from a, I mean, this is not a new story for your audience, right? Staying together for the kids. And then the kids are finally grown enough and you're just fed up and I I can't do this anymore. And then the divorce happens. And uh, so she came in to reconnect to that sexual side of herself that she had hidden for so long um, to learn to love her body after, you know, going through aging and changing and having kids and being in your fifties, your body is really different (laughs) than when it's in your Mm twenties. And also she has children and it's never too late to model really great behaviors to your children, even if they are adults at this point, you know, it's never, ever too late to grow and to show your children that growth and um, personal development and becoming the best version of yourself doesn't have an age limit. And just like feeling good in your skin, right? No matter what, no matter what shape size you get to choose to feel good in your skin. I love that. And I think you're kind of touching on something that I don't know that I've actually spoken directly to in the podcast before, but I think it's really common, especially at the end of a marriage, Um, And that could be months, it could be years, it could be decades, whatever, whatever for different folks determines kind of like the end of a marriage, but that it's kind of like a, a sexless period, right? Like that you're not connecting in that way to your partner anymore. There's tension or there's, there's real strife that does not have you in a romantic relationship. And so coming out of the divorce, I think there's so many women and men too, probably on the other side and non-binary folks that really are welcoming that part of themselves back out, right? Like, like almost an initiation or a, um, a celebration that, that that piece of you can come back into the picture now. And even if you're not getting into new relationships, this isn't what I love about this is we haven't, we've talked this far and we haven't even talked about it being for anybody else, right? It's, it's like about us and it's about feeling good in our body and celebrating ourselves. And like, we can do that coming out of these long-term relationships and, and welcome that wholeness, welcome that, that aspect of us. Absolutely. Just like many people, not everyone, but many people go through their own personal sexual discovery and revolution when they're in their teens and twenties. When you're leaving a long-term relationship, it, it kind of, it's tense. You have to go through that process all over again. You're not starting at the same place. You're not going to end at the same place, but it feels like a redo button, like a reset button. From the women that I've talked to who have been in this situation, there's a gap between them and their sexuality, a gap between them and even feeling like they're hot, like they're, somebody's going to swipe on them in a yes. dating app and that kind of stuff. There's a, especially for so many women who are leaving those more controlling or emotionally 
I don't want to say abusive, but emotionally not kind relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a huge disconnect. And this, I really see, even with my clients who come in, who want to get like the wedding gift or the anniversary gift or the birthday gift, the partner, even for them, the day is still all about who they are. It's all about them connecting to themselves because I mean, if you do have a partner and, and it's a loving relationship, your partner loves you for who you are. They don't need you to pretend to be somebody else. Uh, those are the relationships that don't work, right? <laughs> The ones where you're expected to be somebody else. So this process of coming towards yourself and learning to display, to embrace, to celebrate who you are, to not place judgment on the way that you express yourself sexually or otherwise, it is so, so powerful. And the people in your life who love you, partner, partner, uh, parents, children, any friends, anyone in your life who loves you will love this for you. (laughs) They want, people who love you want you to be happy. They want you to feel good. They want you to feel like good with yourself and who you are. So I think it is helpful to sometimes think in the context of relationship with others, not necessarily romantic relationships, just relationships with anyone else that like the people in your life who really care about you, they love this for you. (laughs) Yes, so good. Tell me a little bit more about using mindfulness as part of a shoot. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about, I, you know, I've done one boudoir shoot. I did it when I was nine months pregnant um, with my second because I wanted to, um, I wanted to remember, I wanted to capture how I really felt. I felt like this like fertile goddess (laughs) and I wanted to capture it and so I did I did a shoot then but I for most of us we've never done this before right like coming into this and we think of you know Victoria's Secret models or we you know we think of these like lingerie ads and we're like how do I as a mom of three kids who like is doing dishes and then you know can't find matching socks or whatever, like, how am I going to come in and be this sexy goddess Mm -hmm. in this shoot? It's a good question because it could be hard to conceptualize, like, what does mindfulness have to do with photography? And as somebody who has been practicing mindfulness for years and how it's important to the way that I um, function in the world and function in relation to myself and others, let me just define mindfulness. So mindfulness, it is an awareness of what's going on with you. It could be physically, or do you feel any aches, pains, tummy aches, aches, you know, what's going on in your body. It could be emotionally, how are you feeling? And where do you feel those emotions? Is your chest tight? Is your throat closing up? Are you shaking? Is your belly feeling weird? You know, like emotionally, both on the idea and also in the physical manifestation of those emotions. Um, it could be, your thoughts. It could be bringing awareness to the inner dialogue that we each have uh, with ourselves, which could be a critical dialogue if you have a really strong inner critic. And it could be a supportive dialogue if you have somebody in your mind who's willing to call you out on your BS, but also uh, there to cheer you on and support you when you need it. So step one of mindfulness is bringing that awareness to your personal world. And 
just having that awareness is not mindfulness. A really key component of mindfulness is that awareness without shame, judgment, or editorializing. So for example, I think this is an easy example that's easy to, uh, for most people to relate to. Uh, it's been a while, maybe the summer started or something, and you pull on a pair of shorts or jeans that you're like, this doesn't fit. <laughs> oh, this is tight now, buckle it, and your like, belly hangs over, or you can't buckle it, you can't zip it up all the way. Mindfulness is, hmm, this doesn't fit, or this feels really uncomfortable, the way that it's sticking into my skin, let me go find something more comfortable, because this isn't working for me. My body's not happy. Um, without mindfulness, with the judgment, shame, and editorializing, it probably looks some, it probably sounds more like what most of us would relate to of, oh, I'm getting so fat. I'm gaining weight. I'm lazy. I'm not going to the gym. This sucks. I'm the worst. All these, you're, the words you might use are unique to you. But either way, this external experience of these jeans don't zip up turns into this tirade we use to criticize ourselves and make ourselves feel small and unworthy and lazy and all these different things. So mindfulness is the art of observing and being aware of what's going on with you without making it mean something about who you are. Because life is just an experience. We go through events, we feel things, we, we hurt, we feel great. There's different things that happen to us and different situations we find ourselves in. And when we have the ability through practice to observe those and make uh, change our actions if it's necessary, like take off the jeans and put on a stretchy waistband skirt like I have right now. <laughs> when we have a, when we have practice, our ability to observe and take action based on what's best for us and not make it mean that we're terrible human beings or a failure of a mother or the worst ever, that is an incredibly powerful transformation in and of itself. That is so huge. So the ways that I use mindfulness in boudoir, number one, is the way that I relate to and interact with my clients. Um, I always want them to feel like I am here to support and respect you and your choices for yourself. Only you know your body, only me, you know what you need. Anything from your body in the photo shoot to financial decisions, you're not going to find me like pressuring people to get the biggest package or anything like that. Or you should, uh, if you sign up right now, you get la 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 discount. I always give people a couple days to think about it. I always want you to feel like I'm here to respect what you believe is best for you. So first of all, I believe that you know what's best for you and I'm going to respect that. And I think that's really important. Um, <laughs> and then going into the shoot, they know that I'm here and I explicitly stated as well multiple times, they know that I'm here to support and respect who they are. And I don't want them to perform for me or to feel like they need to impress me. I literally tell people, you're not performing for me. You don't have to please me. You don't have to think you know what I want and give it to me. That's not what we're here doing. That's the opposite. I am here mm -hmm. to support you and guide you and give you options. And at the end of the day, everything you do is your choice. So even though it doesn't sound like traditional mindfulness, like let's meditate. I feel like that is so mindful. I, to me, I think mindfulness is not a meditation. I think mindfulness is a way of approaching the world and approaching relationships. So that's one part of it, just the overall ethos of agency and respect 
and compassion and space for people to go inwards and discover what is right for them. Um, there's also intention setting, which I ask my clients several times uh, from the first initial consult call to, you know, questionnaires I send them before their session to when they come in for their session to, you know, right before we pick up the camera, what's your intention? What are you hoping to accomplish? How do you want to feel when you look at your images? That kind of stuff that requires mindfulness because it requires introspection and it requires introspection without judgment. You're not going to set an intention and think, wow, that's a stupid intention. Like that's not going to work very well. (laughs) It's not going to work. Um, I do lead a guided meditation, which is, um, from this book, Real Love by Sharon Salzberg, one of my absolute favorite books, Sharon Salzberg, you know it? Well, I know Sharon Salzberg. I mean, she's an amazing meditation teacher. I mean, so much um, loving kindness. I mean, she's like the queen of loving kindness meditation. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. So loving kindness and mindfulness and all that kind of good stuff. And this meditation um, does bring awareness to the different body parts and sends peace and happiness to them. Um, not saying, oh my God, my belly is amazingly gorgeous and hot and sexy because some people aren't there yet. Some people are awesome. Some people are not awesome, (laughs) but more about neutrality and um, sending good intentions to your body. And then by the time we're done with that, we're ready to do the photo shoot. And I am there with them the whole time. People come in, they're like, I don't know how to make a sexy face. I'm like, girl, I got you. I know how to make a sexy face and I'll show you how. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. (laughs) So the, the fact that I am with them together in that space, my full attention on them, I am drawing their attention out of their head and into the space. Some of it is just instinctual and energetic. Others, it, is it, I've been trained in this. <laughs> I have specifically mm-hmm. gone to training with professionals on how to do this. Um, that's a big part of it. And then guiding people to bring awareness to the breath, to bring awareness to sensations that they're feeling. Um, a lot of the movements I do, a lot of the poses I do are actually movements. So I might have somebody start kneeling and then take a deep breath in. And then on the exhale, they open up and they do this or that, you know, rub your fingers up and down your legs, up, down your body, through your hair and telling them, you know, pay attention. How does it feel? Like it feels so nice, your skin and these beautiful fabrics, they feel lovely under your fingertips, connect to the sensation. So all of these things are mindfulness. And then Um, when it's time to look at the photos, pausing and level setting, because what do we all do when we see a photo of ourselves? We put on our tunnel vision goggles and look straight at the part of ourselves that we have the most contentious relationship with. So just putting it out in the open saying, hey, this is what you're going to probably do. I do this. Most of my clients do this. We look at a photo and we go straight to the part that we don't like. (laughs) that we've been criticizing in the mirror for years. So what I want you to do, remember your intention. You told me two hours ago, remember how you wanted to feel. Remember why you're here. And now enter this session with that intention in mind, with the intention to see yourself the way that you want to be. And bringing awareness like that mindfulness to our habitual patterns. And then saying, okay, that's our pattern. Let's break it. (laughs) It's not bad that you do that, but it's not going to help you right now as much as sticking to your intention and looking at yourself as a whole human being, not just a flabby arm or a big belly or a stretch mark because you're not. 
So <laughs> that was a kind of a long answer, but I probably could even give you more examples. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the examples and I appreciate how you just walked us through what a session is like and the, the level of intention that you bring to it and the sense of truly being guided through this experience instead of feeling like, oh, I need to show up as this, you know, sexy, hot woman in order to be able to create this. No, like you're coming because you want to celebrate yourself. That's all you need. And Gabby's here to guide you through this very fun new experience that you've never had before. And we just get to connect connect with what what you love about yourself and what you want to celebrate and and let's have fun and and it's a stretch and it's a stretch right like we're stretching ourselves to see see ourselves in a little bit of a new way yeah and it's fun and I never promise people you're gonna have an amazing experience you're gonna go from you're gonna go to love every part of your body because it's just I can't promise that your journey is your journey I can't predict it or give you a specific promise, I, what I can tell you is what I can do. And then guess what? You're going to have to show up for yourself. I can't do yeah. your work for you. Mm-hmm. I can do a lot for you. I could, I can find your angles. I can work with the lighting. I can help you make a sexy face, <laughs> bring us some real smile out of you. I can do a lot. I can design your artwork. So you have a beautiful album that tells a story when you, when you hold it in your hands and it feels really nice. I can guide you through the process of selecting your photos for your albums, but I cannot change how you see yourself. You have to do that. So there are clients who come in and during the photo viewing, they do have a challenging experience with some of the photos because they see their body totally exposed. Uh And sometimes it can be very confronting. But even when that happens, I always try to remind them about their intention and about self-compassion. Because, and you mentioned that card compassion that you found before we started, because guess what? Life is hard and we're going to struggle even with things that we feel really committed to, even with things that we love. Like how many moms were are dreaming about being a mom still struggle with being a mom because it's hard healing your body image when society tries to like force you to hate your body and be, to control you. That's hard. This is, none of this stuff is easy. None of this stuff is simple. It's complicated. It's hard. It brings up ugly emotions. But what's important is when you feel those ways to just be with it, that mindfulness element, to be with it, to feel it, and then offer self-compassion to yourself to say, it's okay that I don't have this, that I don't think my belly is beautiful. It's okay that I'm not in a place of total body love right now. It's okay that I'm a work in progress. I'm working hard. I am putting in the effort. I am trying. And that's what really matters. That trying is what you're going to see the effects of in two, five, 10 years from now. Uh Uh Yes. Because I think that trying is about courage. Mm, Yes. Right. It's about us deciding we're going to try something that's a little bit outside of our comfort zone. We're going to stretch ourselves and I'm going to find the courage to do this. And I think that the moms that are listening to this, the moms going through divorce or trying to create their new life after divorce, it is so much about courage and just deciding, I'm not confident about stepping into this, but I'm going to be brave and I'm going to try it. 
And that's, that's what we can always celebrate no matter what. We do something brave. We do something that scared us a little bit, made us a little nervous, and we survive it and we learn something and then we move on to the next thing. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so good. Oh, Gabby, this this is just so fun. I know. Okay, if y'all are in Colorado anywhere, go work with Gabby. If you're not, go check out. I'll put it in the show notes, her website, and um, get her body deck, this deck of cards that you can go through. It's really beautiful. I mean, just taking one card a day and taking a moment, taking a couple breaths with the concept that she shares on, on one card will change how you feel about your body over time. And I really, really appreciate you just pointing out, Gabby, that there's a, there's a process, there's a flow from going from hating our bodies or disliking or just focusing on what we don't like to a neutral space which I all often call like the Isle of Neutrality. I think about this like island in the middle of a river, right? So if you're living, leaving one bank where you don't like something and you want to get to this bank where it's all self-love and it's all, <laughs> all roses and everything, right? You're going to have to cross this river and it's hard going, but in the middle of the river, there's the Isle of Neutrality. Like that's where you can land and rest for a little bit. Like, yes, I have a human stomach. Yes, I have stretch marks. That's a fact, right? And we just sit there in that neutrality and then we keep on we keep on moving over to We can have a whole more and more self body neutrality alone. Yeah. It, it is it is so it is like water for the traveler in the desert. It is so powerful and it's even a great place to just have as your goal. Yeah. The neutrality yeah. as opposed to hate. Not everyone cares about body love. It's just everybody has a different relationship with their body and that's totally okay. And it's if you don't know about body neutrality, Google it, check it out. It's really, really helpful because it can feel very demotivating and uh, impossible if you're in a combative state with your body to suddenly somebody tells you, you got to love your body. You got to be body positive and like, think it's gorgeous and beautiful. And if, if you're on the opposite side of the spectrum, you're going to look at them. Like they have five heads. Like that's impossible. That's so far from me. I can't even taste it. I can't smell it. It's so far away. I can't fathom how I'd get from here to there. So start with the baby steps of just appreciating, start with bringing mindfulness to the inner thoughts that you think about yourself when you look in the mirror. Um, when you look in the mirror, are you jumping straight to criticisms? And if you do, just pause and take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Breathe into your body. Remember what it allows you to do. Remember the children it allowed you to create. Like when you have a baby, you're not looking at your baby and thinking this is going to be an 18-year-old going to college soon. You know, you're not, you got to get those 18 years of living in between. There's so much work to go into having an adult that you're ready to send off into the world to be an independent, good human in the world, right? So don't think about your own body image relationship as a, as a get to the destination. It's just like raising children. It's a journey and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to struggle and you're going to figure things out because everyone says they know how to do it, but nobody actually knows how to do it. <laughs> it's like we're just posturing. <laughs> so just give yourself some grace and compassion to to be a, a, a learner on the journey, to be a, a student of your own body, of your own mind, and to 
commit, just commit to this practice. Because I know me, when, when I started working on the body image stuff, I didn't even realize what was changing until like five years down the road. And I would look back and be like, whoa, I can't believe I used to be that way. But I've been practicing my affirmations and my mirror work and my mindfulness and moving my body and connecting to it and connecting with my emotions. And there was so much work that I had to do. And I did not see the fruits of my actions until way down the road. So I'm sure there's some people who would feel a little discouraged by that, but just know it's never too late. And you've got the rest of your life. Don't give up on yourself. You've got the rest of your life to make your life incredible, especially when you're resetting after the end of a long-term relationship. It takes time to heal and it takes time to grow into the person. But if you can set an intention for who you want to be and the role model that you want to set for your children, for your daughters, for your sons, for any kind of children that you have, you can set that intention and take small daily actions, like pulling a card daily uh, that helps you relate to your body in a neutral to positive way and relate to the even deeper parts of yourself that make you special, your values, uh, what you bring to the world, that kind of stuff. You will absolutely see the results of that down the road. Trust. It takes some trust, but trust that if you set the intention and you put in regular, consistent, even tiny little practice, like pulling a card and reading it for two minutes, you absolutely will see results. I completely, completely agree. I think that's such a beautiful message. Thank you, Gabby. That's really beautiful. Y'all, I will have lots of ways for you to follow Gabby in the show notes. Tell me, why don't you just share, Gabby, what's one of the your favorite places to hang out online that, that you like connecting with folks? I would say probably my email newsletter, uh, Instagram, though you can find me on Instagram and I do post my work there. Uh, I'm not... I, I don't know. I've never been much of a social media person. And just because I started my own business did not magically transform me into somebody who shares everything with the unabated internet then, you know, so I share more real vulnerable stuff on my email newsletter, which I send out once a week, um, including some affirmations and some nice photographs. So you can see what other kind of people do boudoir and, um, blog post links to blog posts. So it's a little newsletter. Yeah a little bit of writing. It goes out on Mondays and that's probably the best way to actually connect with me. <laughs> Wonderful. And tell, tell everyone what your website is. Sure. It's embodiedartboudoir.com. I'm sorry for picking this weird French word for my business name. My bad. I didn't realize until later <laughs> that it's like kind of hard to spell, but embodied art, A-R-T, and then boudoir is B-O-U-D-O-I-R.com. Awesome. Awesome. And then the card deck, we're currently having on Etsy. Thank you so much for, for talking with us today, Gabby, and sharing your work and sharing all this wisdom. And I just appreciate the holistic approach that you take to this. And I wish everybody had a chance to get in the studio with you because I think that this is a, a transformational um, experience for so many That's folks. A lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Meg. This has been wonderful. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you would like more support in your life post-divorce or around co-parenting, 
or around dating after divorce, I encourage you to hop over to my website and check out the resources that I have there. I have a really awesome class called Fearless Co-Parenting that you can download. It's 45 minutes long and it is chock full of tips and techniques and mindset work that you can apply to your co-parenting relationship today for things to start feeling easier. I also have a dating after divorce quiz. This will give you a chance to see, am I ready to start dating again? It's seven questions that you can easily answer in just a few minutes that will really pinpoint if you have everything aligned that you want to have aligned before you start dating. And finally, if you want one-on-one support, I have a summer special coaching package opportunity for you. It is six sessions of one-on-one private coaching support to help work on getting over your divorce, co-parenting struggles, or even dating after divorce. Hop on over to my website, meggluckman.com, and check out all those great resources. Thanks, y'all.